Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. What's up? Hello. Hey, uh, got something cool for you today on this podcast. We're going to be interviewing a good friend of mine, Zach Booth. Let me just ask you something. If you all all you had was a thousand bucks and you needed to make some money fast to pay the bills, to feed your kids, to take care of your family, to you know whatever survive, what would you do? It's a great question. You know, I've seen a lot of people attempt to do something like that in the past, but it's harder when you actually have to document yourself doing it because you got the added pressure of everybody watching you as you're doing it. You've got the added pressure of teaching, not just because if you're by yourself, there's no camera, you're not teaching. You can just concentrate on doing the task. But when you have to actually teach and share what you're doing while you're doing it to a camera, that just doubles or triples the work, right? And so when Zach told me he was going to do this challenge, it's a, he did it as a $40,000 in 40-day challenge. He lives in Utah. He's going to fly down to Florida for 40 days. When he told me he was going to do that, I said, you're crazy. Why? What are you doing? What do you have to prove? You know, He's like, I just want to do it. I said, all right. And so uh, he's recently finished, but he kind of didn't finish, but he kind of did. And it's crazy. It's cool. I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm going to let him share what he did. And it's pretty cool because how he did it, guys, Every single one of you listening to this can do it too. It's not that Zach's anything special, although he is. He's a cool guy. But there's no reason why anybody and everybody listening to this podcast right now cannot do what Zach just did. It's really simple and easy. And when we talk about it, they're going to be like, oh, that's it? I was looking for some secret magic pill. I was looking for some you know, secret formula or secret list or little trick or hack, something that, you know, like, but no, that's all he did. Are you serious? Yes. In a new market that he's never done deals in before. Right. So he's got a cool story and I can't wait to share it with you, but I'll just give you a little tip tip here. He got over seven contracts in less than 40 days, and he's going to make well North of a hundred thousand dollars on this thing. And he's got one deal that's might be going to, well, anyway, I don't want to steal his thunder. So he's going to come on here in just a second. I want to share with you something too. This book is brought to you by, I mean, this podcast <laughs> This book is brought to you by my podcast, uh, REI Secrets. You can get this book right now for free. Just pay a little shipping and handling at reisecrets.com. This book is Daily Nuggets of Real Estate Investing Wisdom to help you get more leads and close more deals and what? Ultimately make more money. And these, this book is broken up into chapters. One of my uh, friends and students called this book The Tools of Titans for Real Estate Investors. Now, I, you know, I don't know if I can accept that. That's Tim Ferriss's famous book, Tools of Titans. But this is a book broken up into daily chapters of just a couple pages, sharing just random wisdom and insight into real estate investing for real estate investors on how to make more money doing deals. You know, we're all we're all trying to do the same thing. And uh, even in a difficult market or even in, in an easy market, it doesn't matter. Learning these little simple REI secrets can help you explode, explode your business. So this is a great book. You should get it and you can get it 
for free. Just pay shipping and handling. You can't get it on Amazon, so don't even go there. Uh, go to reisecrets.com. Shipping, I think, is seven or eight bucks. Not sure. I, I actually lose money on every book that somebody buys. But when you buy the book, I'm going to give you some opportunities to uh, upgrade and get some other cool special bonus things. And it'll also I'll also catch your email so you can be on my newsletter. I email my list every single day. Cool things, things that I'm learning, things that I'm doing, announcements for videos and for podcasts. And yeah, cool. So go to reisecrets.com. I promise I will spam you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will email you every day. And if you don't like the emails, just unsubscribe. But I will promise you this. I will sell you stuff. So that's just the way business works. And if you don't, anyway, just being honest with you. We got Zach Booth in the house. Zach, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Oh, really man, good. Glad you're here. You're in Utah yes. right now. You yep. were in Florida. Yep. Um, all right. So You've been on my podcast before talking about driving for dollars mm -hmm. and you're really good at it. And it's really not that hard, is it? So you told me a long time ago, I'm gonna do this 40 day thing. And I thought, okay, cool, man. I said, go for it. That's awesome. And I thought he's crazy because it's going to be way more work than he thought it was going to be. And uh, hopefully he, he makes some money on it, but you actually did really, really well with it. It was, there was a lot of things that were challenging that uh, you weren't expecting. Uh, so I, I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about it. So first, give a little background of, of who you are. Where, where are you at and how did you get into real estate real quick? Just real quick. I, I used to be a window washer, actually, my professional life. So did that for almost a decade. I had a little window cleaning business and it was okay. You know, I did okay. Paycheck to paycheck for the most part. And, you know, the outside looking in, it looked like I was more successful than I probably was. And, you know, I had three trucks and 13 employees and, and I worked very hard. You know, I started that business actually when I was 17 years old. I was doing that while I was in high school and I was very proud of it. I learned a lot of awesome life lessons. I learned about how to build a business and manage people. And, and, I, and I got some great things from it, but there was some things that really pushed me out of it. I, I didn't love it. I didn't love the industry. It wasn't what I aspired to do. I had a business partner eventually after after I had run it for about six, seven years. And we had completely different ideas of where the business should go and what we should do with it. And, you know, I was definitely not providing a life for my family that I wanted. And so I had bought a duplex back in 2011. And I was doing, you know, house hacking, living in one side and renting the other. And was it uh, even called house hacking back then? I don't know. I just thought I was smart, but I, I thought I had come up with the idea. You know, everyone was doing it, I guess. And, uh, but I loved it, right? Cause I could rent the one half for like 750 bucks and my payment was like 400 bucks. I got an amazing deal. So bank foreclosure, put a ton of sweat equity into it. I mean, it had standing water in the basement when I bought it. It was great. Wow. You know, I you still it, own it. I actually sold it last, no, two years ago. I bought it for 60 and I sold it two years ago for 240. So it ended up being a really good deal for me, you know, on top of all the rent that I made. So it was, a, it was a great deal. And it was my first experience with real estate. And I was like, man, this is, this beats window washing. <laughs> my shoulder's not hurting. I'm not climbing ladders and risking my life. Like I want more of this, but I kept hitting all these obstacles, right? Like debt to income ratio, being able to qualify for loans, down payments. I didn't have the ability to get into it. By the so way, there's somebody I know, and I won't say his last name, but your name is Greg. And you might be watching this right now. And you know who you are. And you're you can relate to Zach Booth's story right now. So pay attention to what <laughs> Zach said. Your name is Greg. Greg. And I know this guy and he cleans windows. So Oh, yeah. really? How yeah. cool is that? I think a lot of people can relate, right? Like they're wanting a better life, a better financial situation. They may love their job. They may hate their job, but they're wanting to like produce more. They want to have that, you know, more freedom, more financial freedom, more time freedom. And uh, it, it kind of changed for me. And I had kind of dabbled, tried to do some stuff. 
And um, on my, you know, I thought about buying a house and then moving into it and just keep doing that, right? Doing the burr strategy and uprooting my family. And then my wife got pregnant and I didn't want to move them around all the time, even though we did a little bit to pick up a few more, but it became really taxing on the family. And this is just not a sustainable business. This is like, I want to be a family man. I want to have my kids. I want to establish, be established. I want to have financial freedom. I don't want to wash windows anymore. I tried flipping a house. That was a nightmare. I hate managing flips. I hate dealing with contractors. I was there Christmas Eve. It was just, it was horrible. It was horrible. And I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way for me to get started in real estate with no money. And then I learned about something called real estate wholesaling where you buy prop or you find properties at a discount and you push the opportunity onto a flipper to a buy and hold investor. And you get paid. What year was this? I learned about wholesaling back in about 2015 or so, 2014. And I paid for a mentor. I struggled really bad, took a shotgun approach with my marketing, meaning I was trying a little bit of everything and I didn't really produce any leads. It was very discouraging. I got credit card debt to do a lot of this stuff. So paying off credit card debt, I kind of lost my taste for it. You know, I got really frustrated. Um, I was building furniture and doing side jobs and doing construction on the side of my window cleaning business, working 80 hours a week, doing whatever I had to to feed my family and pay off these debts. And you know, I got discouraged for a while. Let's touch on that for a little bit. Like, what was this coach or program that you bought telling yeah. you to do that was wrong? Or were you just not applying it? Or was it stupid, dumb advice? What was it? Yeah, I won't say who it was because I don't want to bash anybody, right? And my goal is not to, to be It wasn't negative. me, was it? No, Joe, it was not you. <laughs> if it was you, I probably wouldn't be here, right? I love you. All right. <laughs> so I, I, bought a, I bought a program that it was all about how much information they shared. It was all about information. It was information overwhelmed. They were not action steps. They weren't like, okay, in 30 days to, to 60 days, our goal is to get you your first wholesale deal. These are the steps, one through 10, right? Just do them. It was, we have 5,000 hours of videos and we've got this giant binder to go through. And I'm learning about short sales and pre-foreclosures and, and lease options and all these, like everything under the sun. There was no like clear path to what we're supposed to do. I learned about subject two. I learned a lot. I, and a lot of that information I use today. So it wasn't yeah. like it was a waste of money. I, at the time I thought it was, right? And, so and Would so- you say the problem was that it wasn't just hyper-focused on one strategy it was giving you a smorgasbord, kind of giving you a college education. Would you say, I guess it's kind of the difference between a, a bachelor's degree and a, um, what's a the trade. thing they call it? Like an associate's specified uh, technical degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you yeah. can get a, you can get a degree just on HVAC, right? Exactly. Like a tech degree, like a, 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 degree. a yeah, a trade. You become a specialist yeah, okay. in a trade, right? And I wanted to be a wholesaler. I wanted to get good at making money in real estate from scratch with no money, right? So I got discouraged. I kind of gave up for, I didn't give up. I was still listening to podcasts while I was washing windows and paying off those debts. And I mean, I, I had a lot, I had a bad taste in my mouth for gurus for a time. And then I had the opportunity to meet Cody Hoffheim actually with Wholesaling Inc. at the time and and his business partner, Tom Kroll, and I joined their program at the very beginning of 2017. So this was not very long ago. And as we're recording this four years ago, four years right. ago. Yep. And and that's a great example. Wholesaling Inc. is hyper-focused on wholesaling. That's, that's what yep. they teach. That's what they coach you on. Very simple, like forget everything else, just do this and then do this and then do that. That's why they've been so successful. All right, cool. Yep. And part of the reason that I got faith again, and I, and I went and spent another $9,000 on coaching is because I was washing windows for this very wealthy gentleman. His name's Stan Nielsen. And he's about 80 years old at the time. 
and I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he, I, I was talking to him, washing his giant mansion, and I found out he was a real estate developer. And he he was, um, you know, he was talking about how he'd become financially free. And I was, of course, I was eating it up. I want to learn everything. We talked for like two hours. And the end of the conversation, I was like, I'd like to pick up two rentals this year. He said, oh, that's convenient. I've got these two properties. I haven't collected rents in four months. Property manager bailed on me. I don't want to deal with them. You know, they, I, I don't have time to deal with it. And I was like, oh, well, I'd love to buy them. And he says, great, let's do it. And um, he wanted a half a million for both of them, which was a massive discount. They were one acre horse properties, beautiful homes. And he gave them to me at a price at a massive discount, over a hundred thousand dollar discount. And wow. he gave them to me seller finance, a couple thousand down dollars down for both of them. He just handed the properties over to me. And I remember being terrified because he's like, okay, well, let's put together an agreement. Like right there, he pulled out a piece of white paper and started writing down the agreement. I was like, whoa, don't we need a real contract? I'm trying to talk him out of doing this deal, right? <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. But but anyways, I ended up selling those properties like a year and a half later. I did lease options, Joe, by the way. I, I rented them out with tenants and they actually exercised their right. And I made nice. over $100,000 profit. And I was like, you know, and, and they hadn't cashed out, but I knew what I had once I had them under contract. And I became a believer. I was like, man, like that wasn't hard. He was more experienced, more knowledgeable, everything. And I found these amazing deals because I found the right person and I talked to the right person. I built a relationship. If I can get good at doing this, if I can find more sellers consistently and find a way to do it, I can do this business, right? Like that is way better in window cleaning. I just had a three hour conversation, a little bit of work, put a property management in place. And I just made, you know, over a hundred grand in, in a couple of years, like I do a couple of deals a year. And I'm just, I'm making way more in washing windows. And so, and I loved it too. I mean, talking to that guy, I learned so much. He's such a sweet person. Like I, it was wonderful. It was wonderful to connect with him. So I joined, you know, I, I started looking for a coach, started listening and, and hired Tom and Cody. And uh, I'm now friends with, with both of them, you know, and it's kind of crazy. And, you know, I talked to Cody who's going to, going to Maui this week and talked to him a couple of days ago. But uh, anyways, I, I joined their program and within a couple of months, I did my first wholesale deal where I sold the purchase contract for $10,000. And it was like... This is amazing. How'd you find the deal? I found it by sending postcards to an absentee owner list. And the situation was the sellers, they were experienced investors as well, believe it or not. It was a corporate owned property. And what had happened is these two business partners had kind of had a falling apart and they had over a hundred rentals at some point, but it was their very last property they held together. Very last one. And so when they got my postcard, they're like, oh, it's our last one. Screw it. Like, just take it, dude. Just take it. So they, they, they named the price. I sent them the DocuSign. I never met them. Um, I went to the house once to put a lockbox on it. And I sent my buyers and I got, I got an offer for $10,000. Nice. Right. I was like, all right, that was easy. You know, like this is awesome. And uh, I was like, let's do more of this. And you know, that's kind of how I got my start into wholesaling. And that was, that was like the beginning of my journey. And of course it's exploded since then. I've had a, a lot of success and, and, you know, I got into uh, coaching and I got into to doing driving for dollars out of necessity because I couldn't find deals at some point, but it's been an amazing journey, Joe. It really has. I feel very blessed. Nice. Okay. So, um, that was 2015, 2016, right? No. So that was beginning of 2017 is where okay, I got to. Sorry, so four years that. ago. You said that. Yeah. All right. So then over the last couple of years, what have you been doing? Yeah. So by the end of 2017, right, I did my first deal April 2017. By the end of that year, I'd done just a little over 100,000. It was like 118 ish, 115 ish in wholesale fees. And I had I'd quit washing windows. I told my partner, cash me out or pay me, pay me my profit share. I'm done. I don't care. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, just basically just walked away with hopes that I'd get paid and uh, or let the business sink. I didn't care. I was done. And which was sad, you know, I built it for 10 years, but I was just so burnt out. And, uh, and I was so excited about real estate. Anyways, then the next year, January and February, I didn't do a deal. Like leads had dried up. 
where I had been doing most of my leads were code violations and evictions. And those two lists all of a sudden became available on a statewide website for all the different counties. And so every investor could quickly just open up a URL and get all of the addresses to start marketing to them. And all, now I was completing, competing with all the big dogs that had all the marketing dollars. I'm only sending postcards. I'm not texting, cold calling, doing everything else they're doing. And I was just getting squashed like a cockroach, like Mr. Wonderful says on Shark Tank, right? I was just getting obliterated. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like, if I'm going to have to go get a job, you know, I walked away from window cleaning. I, I had a little tiny bit in savings, but I was like, you know, what am I going to do? So I started looking for ways to find discounted properties, right? I got to find a way to find discounted properties where I'm not competing with everyone in their, in their contractor, right? So I started researching and like how to find discounted properties. And I came across this YouTube video, this old YouTube video about driving for dollars. And this is before Deal Machine. This is before the apps. This is before driving for dollars app. Do you remember this, who did it, by the way? I don't. I would love to give that person credit. I, I, they, they deserve the credit because it changed my life. But I don't remember. There was, there was a driving for dollars video. And basically, you drive around you look for houses that need need work. You write down the addresses, look up the information on county records. It took forever to build a list of any size. But I remember I, I worked with a, with someone, his name was Dax, but he was a city, here, not a city inspector, he was an appraiser. And he was going around and helping me add these addresses and I was too. We built a list of 70, right? Woo, 70 properties, tiny, tiny list. But we pulled the deal out of it. And I was like, all right, I can make some money. 70 properties. I'm, And I think it was like seven. I don't even remember how big the deal was. I should know that, right? But it was like anywhere between seven and $9,000 is what I put in my pocket after partnering with him. And I'm like, okay, if I get deals off that. So then I started like recruiting all these people and they're driving for me and starting to try and figure out a system to do driving for dollars. Long story short, by the end of that year, so by the end of 2018, we'd done just shy of a half a million dollars. Wow. Yeah. I was before deal machine. The very last like two or three months of the year, we started using an app. It was called Driving for Dollars. It's very inferior compared to what Deal Machine is today, right? You could you could add properties a lot quicker because you could just like tap the houses and uploads an Excel spreadsheet, but you don't know where you drove, right? There's no tracking software. So then I'm having to like figure out, have I driven this neighborhood? Am yeah. I not? I'm missing neighborhoods. I'm double driving areas. I'm not sure what I tagged, what I didn't. It's a, it's a mess. It was a nightmare, right? And, but, but still by the end of that year, we'd done a half a million. And I mean, I overpaid people because I'm paying percentages of every deal to my drivers, right? I got all these bird dogs and, but, but I had like done really well. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, like I'm pinching myself. I never made that kind of money. And we were able to go to Hawaii and I went to, to Alaska fishing. And I, you know, I started to be able to have some freedoms that I had never had before and being able to do things with my family and spoil my wife that I love dearly. And so towards the end of that year, I'm, I'm, I'm looking towards the next year's goals right? What is my 2019 goals going to be? What am I going to accomplish? And I started reading a self-help journal called Living Your Best Year Ever. And it talks about giving away whatever you wanted to receive. So I had set one of my, you have to set three big goals. One of those big goals was to generate a million dollars the next year. I had no idea how, but in the book, it said I had to give away whatever I wanted to receive. So I had to give away a million dollars, show, And it's like, okay, well, I, I have like maybe a hundred thousand in savings. I was very proud of that, but I didn't have no million dollars. And so I, um, I was like, okay, what do I do? How do I give away a million bucks? I talked to my wife about it and I was like, okay, I have an idea. Why don't I just teach people my marketing system, teach people what put a half a million into my pocket. I brought on 10 guinea pigs basically. And I, and I was like, hey, the whole purpose of this is to put a million dollars in your guys' businesses. Let's do this. And you know, it was crazy. The more I taught, the more I learned. The more I taught, the more questions I got. And the more questions I got, the more holes I found in my own business. And, and it completely changed my business, completely changed the marketing system that I have today. You know, by the end of that year, I did $1.2 million 
in wholesale fees. Wow. In one flip. And I was shocked. I was like, this is just mind blowing. I was so grateful. I was so overwhelmed with gratitude. But the most beautiful part of that to me and what I'm most grateful for is I fell in love with coaching. I fell in love with seeing someone else be successful. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, your first deal is exhilarating and life changing. Your second deal is like awesome proof. You know, it's it's going to happen again and again and again. Third deal is a lot of work and you don't remember your fourth and fifth, right? It's just, it's just work at that point. And, but every time a student does their first deal, I get that same euphoria. I get that same feeling that, you know, you can call it helper's high. There's a lot of terms for it. Right. And uh, I fell in love with coaching. You know, my first few students, Scott Dallinger, you know, his first deal was like $113,000 assignment fee, 113,000 quit his corporate job. They're doing amazing. He just had his, um, his first little boy, George and cute family. Super cool. Yeah. And he's in Portland. And then like, who are some of my other very first students? Sergey in Orlando, he actually came and spent some time with me on the 40 day challenge and Michael McLeish in Greenville, South yeah. Carolina. Good dude. Um, yeah. His first six months, he was going to double his entire entire previous year or, or, or actually surpass his entire his entire previous year in just six months of implementing the system. So it was really cool. Like we had just a lot of success and people that you may know now because they're doing a lot in the industry and there's lots more. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to miss out on everyone, but it was it was really cool to see that happen. You know, and I, I just fell in love with coaching and I really started pushing the yeah. coaching and I've been doing that for a couple of years. And, you know, by getting into coaching and like becoming, falling in love with it and wanting to do that, it's kind of like going from window cleaning to real estate. It's like, okay, now real estate to coaching. And so now I have a team that's automated, right? I had to put that in place to keep the money coming in so I could focus on the coaching because I wasn't really making money coaching yet. And so, you know, I have an acquisition manager and a team and people that drive for me. Like I don't do any of it. I look at my KPIs and go to my team meetings. I spend about two, three hours a week in my wholesaling business. And at the close of the first quarter this year, we'll do about $400,000 in wholesale fees this year so far. So, and, and I, and I don't do any of the appointments. I hadn't gone on a no seller's appointment in two years except for that 40 day challenge. So it's kind of fun to be like in the trenches again, doing that challenge. All right. So let's talk about the 40 day challenge. Yeah. How'd you get this crazy idea? Well, remember how I was, uh, I was a skeptic for a time after I hired that first coach and I met Mm -hmm. Stan Nielsen, right? I became a believer again because I saw it happen, right? I met a motivated seller. I saw it. I saw that I didn't take advantage of him. I kind of thought like, okay, if you get properties 50 cents on the dollar, you're shady. But you know, it was convenient for him. He was wealthy. He didn't need the money. He wanted the convenience over the price. He liked me. Like, you know, he knew way more than me. I was like, okay, like, like having that experience gave me the confidence. And Tony Robbins talks about this, right? His cycle of success. He says to tap into our full potential as human beings and, you know, children of God, basically, he says, you have to have a massive belief. If you don't have a massive belief, you don't give massive action. If you don't give massive action, you don't get massive results. And if you do get those massive results, right, you have more confidence and you have more belief and you spiral upwards in life. But if you start off with like, "Ah, maybe it'll work. I don't know. I'll I'll give it a try for 30 days, right? Maybe you give a half-hearted effort, you give, you get half-hearted results and you have more disbelief and you spiral downwards, right? And so I was, I was up late at night thinking, how do I help people, right? How do I help people put money in their pockets, right? Like that's my mission behind my coaching. Yeah. And so I was like, how do I help inspire them to give them this belief that I know that they need, they need to believe in themselves. They need to believe in the process that they're approaching, right? It was about them. It wasn't about me or like showing off what I can do. It was about how do I inspire other people? And I had recently watched Undercover Billionaire where he'd gone out and taken a hundred dollar bill and his goal was to build a million dollar company in 90 days and fly to a whole nother market, right? I was like, I loved it. It was inspiring. It made me hungry. 
hungry to like conquer the world. And so I was like, you know what? Like, why don't I do that? Why don't I give other people the opportunity to look over my shoulder and see me interacting with another type of Stan Nielsen, right? talking to sellers and seeing that it's hard work and you have to be frustrated and, you know, and want to cry and want to give up. But if you push hard and follow these action steps, you can be successful. So that's why I did it. I wanted to give belief to people that they could do it. You know, I think sometimes they see people like Joe McCall or, or, you know, Tony Robbins, or they see, you know, the Tom Krolls, you know, my mentor, like they see, they see these very successful people and they go, they're just, they're made different, right? They're, they're, they're special. They're celebrities. They're, you know, because you, you know, I, I remember, you know, Joe McCall is a celebrity to me and, and I would listen to podcasts and like these people were like, they were, they were beyond what I could reach. And I wanted people to like see that I'm just this goober dude that really does not know that much about real estate. I know more about window cleaning than I do about real estate, right? Yeah. But I was, I'm still able to do this. So, so that's the whole point of it. That's why I did it. That's why I want people to watch the challenge. It's for them. It's not for me. It's not for me to sign up more students. It's not for you know. I mean, of course, that's going to happen. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is to help other people. And 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 my hope, especially, is if you have a dream, a type of business, or something that you've you've had a desire to do. Go do that. Don't do real estate, right? I want to inspire people to go for their dreams. That's my ultimate goal in life. Yeah. Um, it, it, so, so that's why I did it. All right, cool. So you were in Utah. You decided why? How'd you? Why? And how'd you pick Florida? Well, it was winter time, and <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's no, winter I'm time. not impressed anymore. If you would have picked like Fargo, <laughs> North Dakota. In the winter, then I would be impressed. If I was going to go embrace the suck, I was going to have some sunshine to right. uh, make it a little easier. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what market in Florida did you pick? I picked Tampa. I was actually going to go out on close to Port St. Lucie so I could be close to Tom, so I could hang out with him a little bit while I was there. But I was like, you know what? If I'm going to go to a new market, I'm going to do all of the legwork to basically open a new market, right? I'm going to build the cash buyers list and the title company and the per in the in the attorney and all the foundational pieces. And if I'm going to do all that work, why don't I just open a new market? Why don't I replace myself? And so I was like, well, let's do a bigger metropolitan area. So I have more houses. So ultimately, it could be a long-term sustainable business there. How many kids do you have? I have two. All right, two wife kids. and two kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going to leave them for 40 days. This isn't yeah. like you're flying down there for a few days and coming back and going back and forth, right? Yeah. You're going to stay down there in Florida by yourself in a what, a hotel? What'd you stay in? We rented Airbnb. The plan was, uh, you know... 40 days without my family was was tough enough. The plan was the first month I'd be by myself, you know, okay. and my wife's from Brazil. So they actually flew down to be with my in-laws for those first 30 days. And then she was supposed to fly back and be with me the last 10 days. And I missed them so bad. That was the hardest part of the entire oh, challenge. Been, oh, I've, I've done it before. Like two or three days is hard enough without your wife and kids. Oh, I have so much respect for our armed forces oh, and totally. our first responders God and people it. that spend so much time away from their family. Like I got very emotional and cried about it, thinking about it a few times about those people that leave their families for months at a time uh -huh. frequently. Um, uh, tip yeah. our hats to our yes. servicemen and women. All right, cool. Thank you. All right. So... You were gonna. You stayed in an Airbnb most of the time, then. Yep. Yeah, I was in an Airbnb just, uh, just in between. Like, uh, it's a little place called Brandon in Tampa. Just stayed in a little Airbnb there. So now you you brought a thousand dollars with you. Did that thousand dollars cover your Airbnb or? No, nope. It, it covered my marketing. Okay. I wanted to show it covered marketing. It didn't cover housing. Didn't cover my car, gas, those kinds of things, or cell phone. All right. right. Yep. 
So your goal was to make 40 grand in 40 days in a new market. You chose Tampa. Your wife and two kids are in Brazil and their plan was to, to be there for 30 days and then come back for the last 10 days to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Um, your house in Utah, did you just, you didn't rent it out or anything? You just, no, nah, I didn't want to worry about it. I yeah, just yeah, turned, okay. the, turned the water off and closed All right. it up. So then uh, what, what was your plan to do? And then what did you actually do? Well, I wasn't sure. I mean, the thing is, is I'd never done this before yeah. and I had told everybody about it. So, I mean, everyone knew and I was doing lives on it and, and uploading content before I ever even got home. And, and I didn't know if I'd be successful. I knew that I would do what I teach, right? Which is, first of all, uh, build a list of people that wanted to sell their house at a discount or highly or higher chances of people that want to sell their house at a discount. So doing driving for dollars, drove around, found those ugly houses. And I thought I was my text message and or just call. Uh, do cold calling. Now, so, uh, somebody's going to ask, Zach, what, there's there's these new things now, these new apps where you can do virtual driving for dollars, right? From boo. the comfort of your warmth <laughs> home in Utah. Yeah. Why can't you just do virtual driving for dollars using Google Maps Street View in Tampa? Yeah, that's a great question. So it sounds sexy, right? And it makes yeah. sexy content for a YouTube video, right? Yeah. Oh, we do virtual driving for dollars. It's so easy. It doesn't work, guys. So we've tested it. We've split tested it. And the reason it doesn't work, I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think it doesn't work. It doesn't work because the numbers don't work, right? They just don't add up. You don't make money. Data, not drama. Exactly. So we've tested it. Um, we've had students to do it. It's fun, it kind of funny side stories. I had a student like, Zach, your system's not working. I, and I'm like trying to dig into his business. What's going on? And I found out he's doing virtual drive for dollars. So I was like, dude, you didn't, you got to do what I tell you to do to be successful. Yeah. Anyway, many times. So what, why doesn't it work, do you think? Yeah, the, the, the issue is the Google Maps images are old, right? The, they don't drive by every week, right? If they did, that would be fantastic. Use it. But it's not new enough data. In my market, I actually redrive every single neighborhood every six months, right? That's more often than, than they are, than uh, you know, Google yeah. Street images. Yeah. And the reason is you're trying to catch properties that currently have physical signs of neglect. And you really want to catch those properties that are actually not in terribly bad shape, but they look vacant. There's a couch and a sofa and a mattress on the front lawn. You can tell it's going through a transition period. There's a moving truck. Like those are the properties that are just like, boom, that's the time to catch them. And so we redrive very often. So actually being out there and driving and, you know, we also make a tag for properties that 100% look abandoned or vacant and we, and we make a special effort. So while I was in Tampa, I had like 60 properties that I put on that like super vacant, abandoned looking properties, only 60 to 70. And I got one of my deals from that. All right. So explain what driving for dollars is for somebody who's new and doesn't know. Yep. So driving for dollars is where you get in your car and you drive around and you look for houses that have physical signs of neglect. The whole purpose is that is if someone doesn't love the house, it's a thorn in their side, they don't want to deal with it. They don't take care of general maintenance, right? And if it's a thorn in their side, they very well likely will sell it to you at a discount, okay? So you're, you're putting together that list, basically putting it on Excel spreadsheet, and then you reach out and see if they want to sell. That is, it's, that's what we're doing. It's our marketing strategy to find off-market discounted opportunities, whether you want to wholesale them, whether you want to flip them, whether you want to keep them as rentals and then or, or buy them and lease option them to someone, whatever you want to do. Like you got to find the deal first. So that's what Drive for Dollars is, is finding the deals. All right. So then how, how do you pick the markets to drive through? You know, I would start with where you live. So a lot of people are like, oh, does it work where I live? And it's like the whole point of going to Utah to, fl- to Florida was to show that it only, doesn't only work in Utah. And, and, and also, it doesn't only work in Florida. I have students all across the country where it works. So my advice is this. If you have a population, preferably of 100,000 people or more, 
within a 20 mile, 10 mile radius, that's a great area, right? There's houses being flipped. There's houses being rented. There's investors. You can do this in that area. You know, if you need to drive an hour to a little bit bigger metropolitan area to do this, you can do this. I've actually found that you're outskirting markets outside your main metropolitan areas. Like if you're in Dallas, you know, drive a little bit outside of Dallas into some of the smaller suburban areas where people are not marketing to. Like there's, they're not on the generic list. You drive through and five, 10, 20 to 100 rundown properties, you might make pretty darn good money off that little tiny list. All right. So you drive around and there's an app that you like to use called Deal Machine, right? Deal Machine. Yep. We're currently using Deal Machine. All right. So then what do you do? You 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 find a vacant house and it, does this app, I'm asking these questions for somebody who doesn't know. What does this app do and help you with? Yep. So, so Deal Machine is an app that allows you to add properties quickly. And what that means is uh, basically when you open up this app, okay, it'll have kind of a street image, like kind of like Google Maps. So you know how Google Maps on your phone, you can see where you're driving, you can see the houses. It's kind of the same technology, right? But then you see, let's say you're driving through the neighborhood, you're looking at your map and you're looking at the houses and you see a house that needs love that you would like to market to and see if they want to sell. So what you do is uh, there's a couple different versions, a couple ways to capture that house. You can take a picture of the house, you can there, there's some uh, parts of deal machine we don't use, right? So we don't use that. We use what's called the tap to add. So you have to set that in your settings. And all you have to do is touch the house on the screen and it'll take all of the information of the owner and upload that into an Excel spreadsheet for you. So then you can have that nice Excel spreadsheet and you can add 30 to over 100 properties every single hour of driving around. That's what we do, right? And then once you have that Excel spreadsheet, you can export it out and have this nice clean Excel spreadsheet or within Deal Machine, you can send postcards to it, you can call it, you can, whatever you need to do, you can all be done within Deal Machine. We don't use all of those functions. We do export out our list and get phone numbers elsewhere and send postcards elsewhere just for a little bit better pricing. But, but yeah, that's how we have it set up. And it tracks where you drive. So you're not driving the same streets. It tells Yes, you, you have to. Um, that's an option that you can have. But yes, 100%, that is a huge function. So we'll hit uh, start drive, um, and then it'll highlight the streets. It'll color them for you. And the cool part about this is since I redrive those markets every six months, it color coordinates how long ago you drove it. So, so your driver that you hire, cause I don't want to do this forever, right? Neither will you, you can hire someone. It's going to be very easy for them to look at the map and go, okay, what hasn't been driven in six months, right? And they go drive that area and re refresh the, the color code that it's been driven. So it's a really good way to stay organized. What needs to be driven? What hasn't been driven in a while? So it's very, very awesome. You know, I'm thinking as you're talking about this is I could have my boys do that. At least one of them who's 17, right? Yep. I could pay him hourly rate or buy a deal percentage of a deal couldn't i using a driving for dollars app he's a good driver <laughs> yeah what a great idea all right so deal machine can skip trace these leads for you and send letters for you right but you prefer just to save a little bit of money there's other services that you use that will, will save you a little money on the skip tracing right yeah okay. yeah you you can do it in there so so uh, you know uh, you, how long do you typically drive a day or when you were in florida how many hours did you drive a day i tried to call during prime times so I ended up cold calling as a strategy to, for outreach. So I'd cold call in the mornings and the evenings and then dead times in the afternoon is when I drive, which is actually the best time to drive because there's no one in the neighborhoods. They're yeah. quiet. So you don't have cars pulling in and out. You don't have kids playing in the street. It's just really easy and it's the safest time to drive too. Okay. So I would I would drive a couple hours a day and cold call about four hours a day, uh, five hours a day or more. But I, you know, you got to keep in mind while I was doing this challenge, I still have my coaching business, all my students that I'm serving and, and I'm still kind of 
sitting in and listening on team meetings and looking at KPIs for my, my wholesaling business and helping answer questions there. So I'm still running two businesses while I'm starting, is, basically starting a new which business. Which is crazy. So. And, and also you have a camera guy with you the whole time, right? Yes. And that was yeah. another challenge in and of itself. Would you agree? Oh, it was the worst, dude. I hated it. Like, I love my camera guy. But the problem was, it's like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And I had to be like, wait to get the shot. And like, hey, like, hold on. Don't come outside yet. I'm going to get you walking up. We're going to do the interview. We got to tell people what we got going on. I was like, I'm just wanting to get stuff done because I got, I've got, I'm putting a, a square peg in a round hole all day, every day. You know, it was just, it was tough. It was very tough. All right. So you would cold call in the morning, drive for dollars about two or three hours a day, and then yep. cold call in the evening. You know, if you if you were to drive for two or three hours, how many houses would you typically get in that two or three hour window? So I was being, it, it depended on the area, but my average was probably about 60 to 70 houses every hour of driving. Wow. Yeah, quite a few. Do you think that's because of the neighborhoods you were in? I mean, if you were to be in a newer subdivision in the suburbs, you probably wouldn't find as many vacant houses, right? A hundred percent. I only drive houses that are, you know, blue collar, yeah. middle to lower income areas within the market. I don't drive the high end areas, right? right? But how cool is that? You're not getting out of the car. You're not knocking on doors necessarily, right? Yeah. The only time I did is if I like the door was open and it looked vacant. And there was a couple of times, like I think three or four occasions where I jumped out of the car because the door was open. It looked like it was going through transition period. Landlord was there cleaning it out, you know, and I talked to him, had a good conversation. They weren't deals. They weren't opportunities. But but yeah, you can jump out of your car and talk to people. I have a student in actually in Orlando that does a ton of that, that does a lot of door knocking, especially when he was starting starting out in his first couple of months door knocking and made like 30 grand. So it can be done door knocking. It's just, yeah. it's not the most time efficient, but it's free, right? Like you don't have to pay for marketing. Okay. So you were um, driving for dollars and then you'd get the phone numbers in a spreadsheet. You'd skip trace them. Even, even if the owners were LLCs, were you still skip tracing those? Yes, 100%. All right, and you'd get phone numbers of the owners of these vacant houses. And then uh, what would you use to cold call them? Yeah, so there's there's multiple dialing platforms. I'm using mojosales.com. It's, uh, I'm not getting paid to say any of this stuff, by the way, but it's a cold calling platform where I can call three people at one time. So it'll pop up who I'm calling. And then if someone answers, it'll pull up their screen. So it's got the link to Zillow, the address, the property, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, everything. So I can have a conversation about that house. If I'm talking to someone and someone else answers, I have a recording that goes, hello, hello, I'm gonna have to call you back and it hangs up on them. Right. And then as soon as I get off the phone, it calls that person back. But that way I'm just blowing through phone numbers and calling and talking as much. Does it, does it leave them a voicemail? Um, You can't have it do a voicemail drop. I don't do that um, because I have found I actually have more people um, and it's faster. If I don't leave a voicemail or anything, I have a lot of curious people. They're like, who's this? Right. Cause I get a phone number for that area code. Yeah. And then they just call um, back and they call back and my, my voice recording to that phone number goes straight to voicemail. So they quickly get my voicemail. It quickly says, Hey, I'm Zach. I was calling you about a house. I thought you may want to sell. Uh, anyways, if you want to sell your house, leave me your name and number and address. I'll get right back to you. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, from appointment to appointment. And if they leave me a voicemail, I call them back. But if I get those calls backs on those numbers, I can see. And I just scroll through. If I have a voicemail, I'll call them back. And we pull deals off that. Do you think, because I've wrestled with this, the whole quality versus quantity argument with cold calling, right? We do a lot of deals from cold calling as well. We use Mojo Cells and it's, it's been good. But like with a tool like FreedomSoft, you can dial one number at a time. And there seems to be some advantages to that. Sometimes you get a little lag in Mojo Cells, which is frustrating. 
Mm. With REI Simple or FreedomSoft, it's more quickly, quick and direct. You can click, it just dials one number at a time. But then if you get a voicemail, you can leave them a personalized message. Hey, Jim, yeah. I'm, I'm calling about your house at 123 Mean Street. And then you can also quickly send them a text. Hey, I just left you a voicemail. Call me back. So what's your, where do you fall on that debate? Is it better to dial three numbers at a time, as many numbers as possible? Well, I think, Joe, you said it best, right? It's data, not drama. I think that if, you, if you're unsure or curious, don't let it be an emotional decision, but test yeah. it. Yeah, okay. So we, we, we have split, split up our driving for dollars list for the last year into corporate owned, owner occupied, absentee owner, and the, the vacant list or what we perceive as the vacant list, right? What, what we identify as potentially vacant. And most of our deals are coming out of absentee because it's a bigger list. But our highest percentage of revenue, like we're spending almost no money on marketing to deals, is the vacant list, right? So with that being said, my, my acquisition manager cold calls the vacant list. And whoever he can't get a hold of, he's texting personally. Um, and then whoever he still can't get a hold of, we're sending postcards. And then when he's out in the area, he has those properties that will go knock on the doors, right? We really are hungry for that list right? And we try and get to them quickly because we know it's the most profitable list. Absentee owner is the next best one. And then owner occupied and then corporate owned. But corporate owned is a very small list actually. So, and, it, and it's, you actually have the worst data for phone numbers on there. So we'll send, we'll send postcards usually to that one after Super we call cool. it once or twice. So it's, it's kind of however you want to approach it. The most important thing is, is to, is to research it. So if, if, you know, I haven't left voicemails for a couple of years and I, and the reason I stopped doing that is I did ringless voicemail drops where I did a custom, like it wasn't a customized voicemail, but I, I have taken the path of like quantity over quality because I have so many addresses. I want to get through them two to three times and I'm also texting them and I'm also sending postcards. So I'm really bombarding them. So one more thing of adding a voicemail, I'm not sure if it would add value, yeah. but have you tested that? I mean, have you seen the data on that? No, I've, I've listened to other people who have and mm -hmm. um, so I get people on both sides. I, I, I think whatever you're doing is what you should be doing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like my yeah. pastor always says, people ask him, which translation is best? And he says, whichever one you're reading, doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> right. the translation of the Bible, right. whichever one you're reading. So I think it just doesn't matter. You just whatever one you're doing, that's what works. My advice on that is this. If you're spending less than 25% of your gross revenue on marketing, you're in the money zone, right? I'm spending, you know, we've been tracking Tampa since I left. And by the end of this quarter, we're going to be spending about six percent of our gross revenue on marketing dollars which, which is, is like nothing. reason why i love cold calling right and, and but but in utah where we're texting postcards cold calling everything we're spending about 14 percent of our gross revenue on marketing if i spend 25 percent of my gross revenue on marketing that still leaves me about 30 percent to 30 to 35 percent to pay my team acquisition managers all my fixed costs everything else i'm still going to be able to pull about a 40 percent profit margin out of my business which is what we're trying to do right we're trying to take a profit at the end of the day and not have to work in our business. We want our businesses to serve us. Right. So that's my suggestion is find a marketing channel that you can spend less than 25 cents to make a dollar and you're in business. Nice. That's a great business to be in. There's very few businesses in the world that are that good. Yep. All right. So talk about, I don't know if I should ask you this on a podcast or offline when we're done. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the do not call list, mm. right? What do you tell people to do? Talk to your attorney. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Talk to your attorney. All right. Because that's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, you spend a lot of time driving for dollars and you're skip tracing these properties and some of the numbers come up on the do not call list. So, you know, you it's a gray area because 
you could argue that it's a business of business. It's an absentee owner, right? They're in the business of renting properties. Oh, shoot. I only got five minutes left. We might have to break this up into a second podcast. I just got in a notice of a meeting I have in five minutes. Let's do that, Zach. We're going to break this up into two podcasts, okay? Because I want to hear more about what you actually did, some of the challenges that you faced, and what would you have done differently on this podcast. But just give us a high-level view, and then we're going to dive deeper into the details in the next podcast. At the end of the challenge you you had to leave early 28 days into it right because your wife's family got sick yep and so had some family issues coming up and you missed them anyway so you get a pass but you you got seven properties under contract how many have you closed so far and how many are getting ready to close we've closed three and one of them fell apart because of lien issues so there's four gone uh we have one closing this week no, it'll close next week, actually. Just found that out. It's for $50,000. So a $50,000 assignment fee next week. So that's five. And then I've got one closing next week as well. That's 12500 And I have one that might be another 20 days or so because it's in a probate situation. we got to finalize probate. We're going to make anywhere between fifteen and thirty. But I mean, I made well over $100,000 on the challenge. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, and and maybe we don't need to do another challenge. Maybe we just invite people to go watch the challenge. And all the videos are on YouTube, right? And where can they find that? They can find it on my YouTube channel. So if they just search DFD Mastery, so, you know, DFD for driving for dollars, DFD Mastery on YouTube or search my name, Zach Booth, it'll pull it up, find the 40 day challenge, enjoy it. Um, I think we have up to day 13, but we have two episodes a week coming out. And so they can see it day by day. They can see it happen. I mean, day four, my most favorite day of the challenge. If you only want to watch one day, watch day four. Uh, I got three contracts that day. It was a spiritual day. It was awesome stuff. So go to YouTube, do a search for DFD or Driving for Dollars Mastery. And uh, you get to see the videos of Zach struggling. I mean, when I was watching you, you were tired, you were hungry, you were frustrated. Uh, And I've only seen a couple of these videos, but man, it was inspiring to see and you could tell it was challenging it was not easy so just we're, we're going to dive more into the details of what you actually did in the future podcast I, I think this is fascinating this is so cool all you did again was just driving for dollars right that's it i just i did what i know works cool. i didn't overcomplicate it i wanted to keep it simple you don't need to have all these different tools and know everything there is to know about real estate it is very simple all right awesome go to youtube do a search for dfd mastery and uh you have a website somebody can go to zach yeah you can go to my website and learn more at dfdmastery.com but if you want to learn more about the coaching with me and and want to talk to me about that uh, you can book a call so if you go to dfdmastery.com forward slash joe so that's dfd as you can see on the screen or if you're listening to it it's dfd like driving for dollars dfdmastery.com forward slash joe and fill out the the form so i know a little bit more about you and then uh then you can schedule a time on the calendar to to speak with us and we'd be happy to help you awesome so cool we uh, got some comments real quick joe said uh, 40k by wholesaling or creative financing Straight up boring wholesaling, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, because I wanted to show just with a thousand bucks. But yes, you could get creative financing. I'm actually closing on a subject two today from one of my students in Tampa. So yes, you can take the leads and do subject two or creative financing if you want. If that's your goal is rentals, the whole point of the challenge is to show you how to find deals. I found seven deals. Yes, you could have gotten creative financing on those. Yeah. I mean, one of them was an inherited property. You could take over the deceased person's loan. It would have been like a guaranteed creative deal if you wanted. All right. So. Very cool, guys. DFDmastery.com slash Joe. I have to make like Michael Jackson and beat it. So I got to go. Okay. Thanks, Zach. We'll talk soon, Thank man. Talk to you soon. See you guys, everybody. Bye-bye.